Is it possible that something's missing from your launch process? It's a little thing known as voice of customer research. And my guest today is coming to talk all about why that's so important and what you need to do to make sure that your copy is landing with your clients. It's a good one. Let's get started. Hey, hey, I'm DeSola Davis, and this is the Journey to Fans podcast. We help maxed out service providers fill their online programs with dream customers. Because let's face it, work doesn't feel like work when you're serving the people who love everything you do. (laughs) Am I right? But ownership is more than income goals. Leadership is more than managing a team. And a raving fan base is the secret weapon to building a business you love. So stay tuned for strategies that help you sell with confidence lead with vision, and serve with purpose. Thanks so much for having me on your journey to fans. Hey, hey, welcome to the Journey to Fans podcast. I'm so excited to bring this guest on to talk a little bit more about something key in the launch process that often gets overlooked, which is the voice of the customer. Uh, Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Kim DeGracia. Kim is a launch copywriter who helps wellness providers have feel-good launches by writing research-driven sales pages and sales email sequences. Before founding Copy with Kim, she was a PhD scientist working at a Fortune 500 company in the chemical industry. She worked on communicating complex scientific studies for the public to easily understand. Her background as a scientist helps her do what she loves best today research. Kim enjoys gathering data and asking questions before crafting custom launch copy for her clients. And I'm so excited for her to come and talk a little bit more about that and why it's so important. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Kim DeGracia. Hey, hey, Kim, welcome to the Journey to Fans podcast. Hey, Yosola, thank you so much for having me. Yes, it is my pleasure. I've been looking forward to this conversation. I look forward to all the conversation. I feel like I could say that, but I, I love having conversations around the topic we're going to talk about today, which is launching. So before we get into all the things, can you tell us just a little bit about who you are, how you can help us, and what you love? Yeah, sure. So a little bit about me, Deso. So my name is Kim DeGracia. I'm based in the Washington, D.C., Maryland area, and I help functional medicine providers to launch their courses, their programs, and their memberships. So I decided on the functional medicine niche because when I was younger, I got sick quite often. I was going from doctor to doctor taking medications and they weren't helping, but I was able to find that functional medicine providers were teaching about holistic practices. So I was able to incorporate that into my life and then now want to help them with launching, just to get the word out about that they can share in their expertise. Some things I love, I love bubble tea, and I'm also a big fan of listening to podcasts, and I do CrossFit as well. That's really cool. No, I'm with you on bubble tea and podcasts. I have not crossed over to CrossFit yet, but I've heard once you go to one, you just keep going back. Is that true? Yeah, that's what happened to me. Desola. A classmate had invited me and then I worked out with him and some friends. And then ever since then, I've, I've been going. That's amazing. Maybe I'll roll my body over to a CrossFit class one day. But before we go into all things launching, 
talk to me a little bit more about functional medicine. So for the people who don't really aren't really familiar with functional medicine, can you give some examples? And then if you are willing, you know, talk a little bit more about how it's helped you in your life. Oh yeah, sure. Um, so as far as functional medicine, I guess that the other side of functional medicine is allopathic medicine. So that's what everybody's familiar with. Like you go to your doctor, normally the appointment is only like 15 minutes at most. They just see what's wrong with you and probably prescribed you some medication. However, functional medicine, they're really about getting to the root of your problem. So if you come in to your doctor and, and you tell them, hey, I've been experiencing headaches for a long time, instead of giving you like Tylenol, they're going to really run some tests to understand why you're feeling like why you're getting headaches, why you're feeling lightheaded. So it's really getting to that root cause. So a lot of people like naturopathic doctors, uh, maybe holistic nutritionist, some dietitians there in that field. And I got into this because so in grad school, that's what I was, I feel like I've always been a high achiever and that I put a lot of stress on myself. And because of that, like I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm just working a lot. My health, of course, is going to take a hit. And I was getting really bad breakouts. But I found after reading blogs and listening to um, some YouTube videos from functional medicine providers, just incorporating natural medicine practices, um, incorporating great routines into my life, I was able to stop taking that, like the different medication that was being prescribed to me and yeah, able to heal. And y'all can't see her face, but her face is like extra fresh, extra fresh. There are no breakouts on her face, y'all. So (laughs) clearly that worked for you. I'm telling you, you look great. But so I love the fact that you have, because of the impact that functional medicine has on your life, being able to turn around and serve that demographic with launching their programs, you said their memberships and courses and things of that nature. I don't want anybody to check out here because I already know before you hit pause and exit that you probably don't have a functional medicine business. However, comma, you probably have some problems with launching your products. You probably are encountering some obstacles that this conversation is going to help you work through. And I love this because this isn't like an online or a digital area. This is a purely traditional, we meet our people face-to-face, we have a brick and mortar like, what is this digital online business? I don't know what a Thinkific is. Like, what exactly am I supposed to do to launch and talk to people? So before we go on, what are the top mistakes that you see, let's say in functional medicine, but really this is probably something that affects some of us. What are the top mistakes that you see when it comes to launching? Oh, yeah. Um, some top mistakes. So I think number one is creating an offer that's not optimized. So maybe it's including too many things and you're not able, like the offer you're promising too much. That's what the person may be doing. Another thing is somebody may not be doing their research and actually asking their audience what they need. Another mistake that I see with launching is, especially this is for first time launchers, is spending a lot of time creating the offer and not enough time like marketing, marketing it and sharing it and getting feedback about the offer too. Um, so I'd say those are three three mistakes that I see. Yeah. And I love that, again, just even in the conversation, this is in particular to functional medicine. This is how some of us have been. I know for some of my 
my earlier products, I spent a lot of time creating the product because I just knew in my mind this was the answer. And so people were just going to flock to come get it. But of course, as you probably know, the answer to the end of that story, no one bought it. Like I, I spent all of this time months creating this offer. And then you put up, post a, a landing page up and you say, here's the offer. This is how much it is. Buy it. And no one's there to buy it. So what do you suggest instead of create, like spending all this time creating uh, this offer for people who are first time launchers or haven't launched in a while and kind of have cold feet? What should we be spending more of our time on? Yeah. So this would be for first time launchers. Desil- I think for first time launchers probably have a smaller budget. So I don't think it's great to outsource like to a copywriter, for example, or somebody to help them with their launch. Instead, what you could do, I think the number one thing to do is really nail down your messaging, like be really clear about who you are, what you offer and how you can help somebody. And when you do that, and when you're really authentic online too, you're going to call in the people who you can help, number one, and who actually are like a fan of yours as well. Kind of ties in with, I know, the the name of your podcast. Yeah, I'm totally all about fans. And that's, it's exactly kind of what I preach as well is you're really looking for people who are fans, people who love what you do, can align with your value and would literally buy anything that you offer them. And that really comes, it, you know, comes into play with nailing your messaging. Now for the non-first time launchers that are having trouble launching more consistently or trouble selling more consistently, do you see any differences in the types of problems that they experience when it comes to that level? Yeah, I would say, I'm trying to think my clients right now, um, those who have launched before, they have an offer that works. It's a validated offer. I think their problem really has to do with getting, for example, eyeballs on their offer. So lead generation, and also nurturing those leads as well and trying to create, I guess, a journey for their audience to go down um, that goes to that paid offer. And it's so funny, y'all. I didn't I didn't ask him to say any of these things. So if you've ever heard it on this episode or not this episode, but on this podcast, because it's true. This is everybody's experiencing the exact same things. When it comes to people with validated offers, and I, I love to kind of camp out here for just a bit. Because the people that are listening, they I call them anonymous geniuses. They have amazing frameworks, offers that have worked with maybe one to three people. But getting that sales machine going, get, getting to a point where they're making consistent sales or they're confident when they're launching is kind of where they're stuck at right now. And so for people like that, it's not that they don't know their message. It's not that they don't know who they want to help. It's almost like they're not saying like their brain is saying is saying something different from what their mouth is saying or what their copy is saying and people aren't understanding and you know you've probably heard this in your line of work too when people come in and they talk to me they completely understand what I do but when I'm just on Instagram or YouTube or TikTok or whatever else platform people are just missing exactly how I can help them what is what are some ways to kind of curb that in the way that we're thinking about copy, especially when it comes to launching? Yeah, so some ways to curb that. And I just want to echo what you said, Desla, because so for the clients that I serve, they are medical practitioners. So a lot of times they like they know their stuff and they're using medical jargon with me. And I'm like, I don't think your ideal audience really understands what you're saying. So let's kind of paint a 
better picture for them and give them some analogies to help them understand things. Um, some things that you can do specifically for copywriting, maybe you have heard of it, it's voice of customer research. So you're basically asking your audience questions and using the phrases that they're telling you inside of your copy. So I think that that's a really powerful thing you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talking talking directly to your customers and talking to and and getting their words so that you can kind of feed those words back to them is definitely very powerful. When it comes to, let's say, okay, I've known my messaging. I'm kind of in that weird space where, again, I've got these testimonials that are probably now months or years old. I haven't had any new customers in a little while. What things should I be paying attention to when it comes to launching, knowing that like I'm not at a level yet where I can infuse ads or hire a copywriter or things of that nature? What should I be looking at in my launch content to make that that's what you would con- consider a must have in the content that I'm creating? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I think the number one thing that you can do again is really talk with your audience. Make sure that you're really asking them because they've probably seen your offer before and they probably have an objection as to why they haven't signed up. So really asking them maybe to get on a Zoom call with you, like a really quick call, just to ask them some questions. If they're not able to do that, you could just send out a survey to them and have them fill it out. Um, But really asking them why they're not signing up. So I think a powerful piece of content you can create and this can be numerous types of content. It's just addressing the objections that people are having. And then maybe you'll have to pivot your offer as well, or maybe add a specific bonus that addresses that objection too. Um, but I think that's why it's really important to speak with your audience. And speaking with your audience, do you find that maybe to your point, now I've spoken with my audience and now I under I have an idea of like what objections they have to purchasing my offer. Is it does it make sense to you know create content around that even while I'm launching, saying, hey, I know that this may be a concern for you, but this is what I'm going to be doing differently to make sure that you know that concern isn't an issue when you work with me. Yeah, absolutely. I think that addressing the objection can be powerful if you do that in your launch. So for example, you can write that in. That could be one whole sales email, like one objection that somebody's having. And maybe you could ask people who have taken your course, your digital product before your program. Maybe they had that same objection. Um, This is somebody that's already worked with you. And you could go on like an Instagram live, for example, with that person and then talk about that specific objection and how they were able to overcome it. I think objections too can be even more powerful if you do it during during the pre-launch stage of your launch. Um, so that's like six, 30 to 60 days before you're launching, um, really address, addressing that objection. So you open the, the door. I'm just going to step through it. So you talked about pre-launch. What you, And you said it's going to be 30 to 60 days before we launch. So you're saying, I can't wake up one morning and tell my cold audience that I'm selling something and expect to make $50,000 on site. <laughs> so with a pre-launch, in addition to addressing objections, what else, what other conversations should I be having with my audience at that time? Oh, yeah. So in addition to addressing objections, maybe you could ask them specifically like what problems they're facing and then ask them maybe what solutions have they turned to before that have not worked for them or maybe there was a solution that they did turn to that worked for a while and now it's not. 
Yeah. So I think those are two questions that you could ask Desla, but just really getting into their shoes and understanding specifically what they're going through because it is going to be different for each person. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love that. I, I feel like everything that you're saying is pointing to getting to know them more and understanding kind of their problem from their perspective and then kind of carrying that on in the conversation so that people feel like you can hear them. You're you're responding to kind of what they're requesting. Now, with regards to launching, I know that there's something else that you talk about, which is burnout. So how can we kind of combat burnout when we're launching? Oh, this is a great topic. I recently launched something last month, Desola. And I think the number one thing that helped me was just to prepare ahead of time. So I think that's why I'm a big fan of the pre-launch phase because you're really preparing your audience for your offer. And you're and during the pre-launch phase, I also recommend my clients to actually tell their audience about the offer that they're creating. So that once you launch, once it's time to make sales, people already, your audience already knows what's coming up. Um, so ways to combat burnout or prevent burnout in the first place when launching, I'd say I'm just going to give some practical advice. So number one would be to meal prep. I know that when it comes to launching, it's really important that you're nourishing yourself with really good food. And instead of doing like takeout every night, you could prepare ahead of time. And also it's important to, you know, drink water throughout your day, take a walk and get some exercise in as well. Um, So those are some practical things about burnout. Um, Another thing, if you have a validated offer, that means that maybe it would be a good time for you to outsource if you have the ability to do that. That way, a copywriter, a launch strategist, a tech, a person that's great at tech and automation, they could take some items off your plate because when it comes to launching, there are a lot of moving parts. Um, So if you can outsource, I highly recommend that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's just so much going on. And it's so funny just thinking about you and just kind of your immersion in functional medicine and and you giving us practical uh, tips on launching that people don't even think about because you're right. You know, that's, you're, you're really at max showing up online, showing up in email, making sure that your support inbox is, is covered, making sure that people's questions are being answered, following up on prospects, all these things that are going on and you forget to meal prep. And so you, you know, mid launch, you want to just throw the whole thing away because you're just flat out exhausted. You've created so much up until this point, And now you can barely keep your eyes open and you have to like, not just keep your eyes open. You have to like smile and be happy the entire week. So just, and I know that you told us that this was uh, something practical, but it's so necessary. Meal prepping, getting exercise, making sure that you're drinking enough water. That's just everyday life as well, y'all. Cause entrepreneurship is just, it's a lot. (laughs) So being able to take care of yourself in the meantime is so important. There was something else that you mentioned that I totally don't want to skimp over because I don't, I think it's like when people hear it, you're like, well, duh, but it's something that a lot of people don't do, which is tell them what you're selling before you sell it to them. Tell them what the offer is going to be before it's even ready for sale, because then well, I, let me not say that. Let me ask you, what have you seen with whatever those offers are presented ahead of time? Because you know, some people are like, well, I don't want people to unsubscribe. 
So I don't want, I don't want to share it till it's ready. I don't, you know, I don't want people to think I don't know what I'm doing. What are some advantages of sharing what you're selling before it's ready? Yeah. And I understand the hesitation that some people may have about sharing the offer and maybe they don't want to come across as salesy, but some benefits are, I think that people will remember the offer more. Also, when you get the word out early, maybe that person doesn't need it, but they know somebody else who might. um, So they could share that to a colleague of theirs. But yeah, I think the more that you share it, the more people are going to think about it. And that, that always helps. Yeah, absolutely. And and people like remember what it is that you do to help people. Like and to your point, they're able to refer you better because they understand where your offer is because it's validated and you've nailed your messaging, which is what Kim told us to do at the beginning of this conversation. Kim, I'm so glad you stopped by the Journey to Fans podcast. I'm so glad that uh, you shared some of your tips with us. And even coming from the functional medicine background, being able to kind of share how we can use some of those tips and tactics to get to launching and sharing what we have with um, other people. Where can we find you if we want to find out just a little bit more about what you do? Oh, yeah. So I'm mainly active on Instagram. So my handle is at copy with Kim. And I also have my website copywithkim.com. And there's free resources there for your listeners to enjoy too. So awesome. Thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you for having me. It's so funny how often voice of customer research came up in this conversation. And the reason is because knowing who you serve will help you package and position your offer better. We spend so much time focusing on what we're doing, how we're showing up, how we are serving our people and what is included in our offer. But sometimes we forget to think about who we are serving. I'm so glad that Kim stopped by just to give us that little nugget and also to just remind us that when we're launching, your body is launching. And it's so important to make sure that you're giving it what it needs to stay strong throughout that process. Such a great conversation with her. Make sure you find her links to contact her are in the show notes. And just again, be great, go launch and make sure that you're not burning yourself out in the process. That's it for me. Thanks as always for hanging out with me and allowing me to join you on your journey to fans. Talk soon.